All right, it is time once again for another awesome edition of the Metal Blade podcast. As you probably already know, Asley Dying will be releasing their third record for Metal Blade called An Ocean Between Us on August 21st. And let me tell you, it is awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, joining us here today will be Nick, guitarist for Asley Dying, who's just about to head out to the East Coast to pick up with the Warp Tour. So uh, are you in the middle of packing? And uh, what essentials are you bringing with you on this tour? Well, actually, I haven't really put much thought into it. We leave in, uh, I think it's three days, and I haven't even thought about packing yet. Usually I get that taken care of the night before or the, or the morning before the flight. Nice. So you just yeah. kind of do laundry and then throw it all into a suitcase and hope for the best? Yeah, yeah. Usually just, I, I, I grab some essentials, like a, like a laundry bag is pretty crucial for our show clothes because normally we... Um, I, I, at least I try to wear the uh, the same jeans and and shirt when we play because it just gets pretty gnarly. And if I if I had a, a different set of clothes for every show, I'd go through clothes like you know in a couple of days and have to do laundry every couple of days. So laundry bag essential, iPod is crucial, and uh, practice amp. Those are my those are my three crucial need to have on tour items. All right. Well, good luck with packing. I hope you don't leave your, all your underwear at home or something, you know, crucial. That you might need. <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll get down to all the Asley Dying business in a minute. Make sure to stay in tune with all things Asley Dying by visiting AsleyDying.com and MetalBlade.com. First track we have for you is Forever, and we'll be right back.
That was the legendary Unforgettable As Lay Dying Song Forever off of 2003's Frail Words Collapse. So, Nick, let's go back to your beginning uh, in the band. When did you join up with these guys? Did they contact you or vice versa? It was actually a, uh, definitely a twist of fate, I would say. Um, I, had, I had known As Lay Dying back in like, 2000 and 2001. I've known them since then. Um, when they were starting out, they were on... Uh, Pluto Records for their on Metal Blade Records, and I was in a band that was on that indie label as well. And we had actually uh, put records out on that on that label together, and we also had toured before. And we, normally, when you tour with dudes, you, you end up befriending them. And I, in particular, ended up befriending these guys. And as I don't know, as luck and chance would have it, I guess, um, right when my band broke up, as they dying lost a uh, lost a guitar player, and also conveniently enough, they were. Playing my playing the town I lived in, which is in like uh, Dallas Fort Worth, they're they playing in Dallas. So I went just to say hello to the guys and see how they're doing. And lo and behold, they're missing a guitar player. So they're like, "Dude, you want to want to come out for a tour and you know just help us out for a little bit?" And so I did, and it was really fun, and we, we both uh, both enjoyed it. So I've been in the band ever since. Male bonding at its best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, do you have, like, when you first started, do you have any, like, favorite stories? I mean, did they give you, like, hazing, frat-style ritual, weird stuff, or was it pretty kind of a smooth transition? No, it was, it was a pretty smooth transition because I had already, um, I wasn't, like, you know, a newbie to them because we had already done tours together, you know? It just, I was in a different band. We had, we had traveled together and just hung out at venues and all this stuff, so... Um, me becoming part of the band was was pretty natural because instead of just you know I, instead of going our separate ways in the end of the night, I just you know traveled in the same van and happened to play with them. Got it. So, yeah. No, no, no real, no real hazing. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, they seem like pretty nice guys anyway. So I I didn't yeah. expect it, but I thought I'd just ask anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that, in two thousand five, you guys released Shadows of Security. Uh, Shadows are security, my bad. Uh, sold a ton of records, toured the, wor- tur- toured the world. Oh, this is this is hard today. Um, <laughs> so what I want to do is like a little word association type thing. So I want you to give me your first reaction to the following um, tours and shows that you did in no more than 10 words each. And it's going to be totally fun, so bear with me. Okay. Please. All right, so I'm going to say something, and you, say, you give me like your first reaction. All right. Okay. Taste of Chaos, go. Kind of awkward, but really sweet. <laughs> Headlining spot on Sounds of the Other Ground. Kind of awkward, but sweet. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, it was, it was an honor, but it was, sorry, this is, you know, I'm going to delve into that a little bit more. All right, that's cool, that's it was, fine. It was really hard for us to, to play after band that we, um, you know, that we've looked up to for so long. It was it was an intimidating spot, but it, it was very it was very fun. And I, we had a great time. On tour. Yeah, well, that's understandable, I guess. Right? Yeah. Uh, Ozfest. Insanely hot, really, really fun. <laughs> uh, playing Australia. Really? Hmm. Let's see how how what was my first thought when I think of Australia? Um, I can't, it, it's hard, it's hard to, to mix it up and be, be pretty creative with this, but I would have to say sweet and, uh, Brisbane battle squirrels is, is the first thing that came into my mind, but 
not really anything related to the band. <laughs> but, um, you could have said kangaroos. That would have been cool. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, we said kangaroos and all this stuff, but when, when we were there, the first time we went there, um, we had three days off because we were doing shows at Shadows Fall, and they had a show in Korea. So um, Jordan, our drummer, and Clint, our old bass player, and I, we started a, a scooter gang. Like, we rented scooters for a couple of days and wreaked havoc on the uh, streets of Brisbane. It was great. I, uh, I wrecked my scooter and, and ran it into three cars. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I have a scar on my arm from it, actually. You did what? I have a scar on my arm from it, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Lisa has a good story behind it. Those are the good yeah. kind of scars, though. Uh, last one is uh, playing Japan. Japan? Japan. Um, I would say our own hotel room. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Nice. That's, yeah, that's the first, like, when we go there, the... Um, the production, the promoters are so sweet there, and they, they take such good care of us. And um, one of the things is we show up, and, like, we all have our own hotel rooms, and I feel like we were in, I don't know, like, Motley Crue or Kiss or something. <laughs> Did you take all the furniture and glue it to the ceiling? No, no, I didn't do that. I, I, I don't know, I tried to, uh, well, actually, you know, it's kind of a bummer, because, you know, the first time we ever tour and we get our, our own hotel rooms each, uh, don't really do anything but sleep in it because we're so stoked to be in japan that we're roaming around all day yeah okay we're gonna play another track uh we'll be back with more uh nick from asley dying after this from the album shadows are security here is confined
mention off a long march the reissues of Asledine's pre-Metal Blade albums Beneath the Encasing of Ashes and the split EP with American Tragedy. And uh, along the reissue line, do you have any favorite reissues as of late? Favorite reissues? Um, just any, anything in general? Anything in general. Hmm. I can't, I can't actually think of anything. Like, I've been living in my own, own kind of bubble for the past, uh, I'd say, seven or eight months because all, all we've been concentrating on is, uh, is the album, you know? Yeah. And then uh, now, now that, that that's over with, and I'm, I'm finally like starting to enjoy listening to other music. And crawling back out to the surface again? <laughs> yeah, come back up, like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't really think of anything that, that's old that, is, that has come back out that I've been like stoked on. I've just been stoked on new stuff recently. Yeah. Well, that'll lead, perfectly lead me to my next question. I know you're like a huge music fan of all genres, and this is probably the most non-metal thing to say in an Asley Nine podcast, but you are actually the person that got me into cat power. <laughs> Oh, man. No. Yeah. The cat is out of the bag. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I want you, uh, well, along those lines, is there anybody new that you're totally stoked on, reissue or not reissue, just anyone that you're uh, listening to these days? Well, on a side note, I'm really stoked that you got into Cat Power. She's amazing. I love her. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and um, there's, there's a lot of things I've been getting into. There's a band from down here called Delta Spirit. I think I've told you about them as well. I believe so. Yeah, and they're a great, they're a great like young band, and um, uh, we're friends with all those guys. And from them, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, they've been turning me on to a lot of different music. Like, uh, there's this band called Doctor Dog that's kind of just very um, like old school pop. You know, like like say Beatles influenced pop, but I don't know. There's there's just a lot to their music, and, and like bands like Doctor Dog, and then. Um, I'm pretty as, as as much hype as as this band's been getting. I really like the Cold War Kids, and I, I thought their their album that just came out is pretty sick. And those are those are some of the uh, the non metal bands I've been listening to. And then as far as metal, I've been really into the um, the Doth record, Hinders. Oh yeah, yeah, Doth. Yes. Oh? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said. I thought you said. What was that? Oh no 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 no. You're all good. Yeah. I'm super stoked on that band as well right now. Awesome. Well, um, I always hear you talking about this thing called, like, the biggest circle pit ever. And uh, what is the biggest circle pit you have ever seen? Well, I I don't know. There's been so many. But when we played uh, played Loud Park Festival in Japan last year, during Hatebreed set, Jamie, this is, you know, like, most hardcore and, like, Metal bands do, like, as a front man, asks for the hugest circle pit ever. You know, like, I want to see the biggest circle pit. Oh. And literally when he said it, I saw probably the biggest circle pit I've ever seen in my life. It was ridiculous. Now, you got to give us some, you got to give us some specs, like, you know, diameter, you know, circumference, maybe. <laughs> I could be, this, this has, it might have something to do with, the, with lighting, but I swear it was, like, 50 yards long, like half a football field. It was huge. Nice. There were like twelve or thirteen thousand people there, and they were all Japanese people. Which I mean, this is a good, this. I'm just saying this in a good way, but they get stoked, like so stoked, and they go insane. And yeah, they they yielded a, a pretty impressive circle pit, and, and it, it, it takes it takes a pretty powerful circle pit to impress me these days, just because I've seen so many. I bet, I bet, all over the world, no less. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, what is? Do you have like a like? 
a, an ultimate criteria for the biggest circle pit ever, or is it just one of those things like where you just know it when you know? Yeah, but you know what? The, the, there's, it's not something that's like definite. It, it's like a never-ending quest because when I saw that one, I was like, wow, that was probably the biggest circle pit I've ever seen in my life. But then, you know, I'll, uh, I don't know, like we played Grass Pop Festival and Amon Mars played, and it was one of the most powerful performances I've ever seen. And I thought, like, kids are going insane. And I saw a really big circle fit for them, too. And I was just like, man, that was the biggest circle fit ever. And it always changes, you know? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think there ever will be an absolute, like, end-all. That was the biggest circle fit that will ever happen. It can always be outdone, you know? It, could, it, it does have infinite possibilities, yes. And it's also kind of like a, a ratio thing as well. You know, because yeah, the biggest circle pit ever could happen in, like, you know, a 500-cap venue where even the bartender's in on the mix, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's it's not it's not a destination; it's a journey, and it's also a state of mind. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll quit talking about silly stuff, and uh, let's talk about the new record. So, you recorded with Adam D from Killswitch Engage, and um, what I really want to know first and foremost is: Does he show up to the recording sessions wearing that cape he wore in Ozfest two thousand five? Yeah. Adam, Adam kept it pretty serious for, um, from the get-go. Like, when we started recording the album, uh, we did drums first, and it was, it was at this studio that was, you know, kind of in our area and about 20 minutes from where Adam was staying, and he would show up every day with, you know, a nice pair of jeans and his, uh, his like, you know, pinstripe blazer on and kept it pretty professional. Ooh. And as, as the recording process went on and um, we started recording at Tim's house, which is where he was staying, it, like, the last week it turned into... Adam's waking up with his basketball shorts and, like, his really gross sleeveless T-shirt that he's wearing for the past four days, and we're just <laughs> that. So, yeah, Adam, Adam's, um, Adam's professional attire definitely diminished as, as the recording process went on. And then Phil and I, try to, we try to create, like, theme days for, um, for the recording. Like, you know, we started off, and it was, like, say something like that, like Jersey Day or Backwards Hat Day, <laughs> uh, you know, just something or like Sleeveless Day or something, something like that. And then as the recording process went on and, it, you know, we started to get a little burnt out, it just became like, dude, we'll just... Just show up. <laughs> I didn't even say what we're wearing today. <laughs> well, give it, besides, besides Adam D uh, working with you guys on the record, uh, just give us like some general details about it, like anything you want anybody to know. Yeah, well, this this record I, I feel extremely proud of. I think it's um, it's the most like intense record that we, that we've written. It's like the songs are, it's intense and very diverse. Like all the songs are kind of kind of stand with, with, with like within themselves, you know. And I don't think any two songs on the, the record sound sounds too like extremely identical. And we put a lot of effort into making it just a an interesting listen from beginning to finish, you know. And not not to where like you're you're listening to to the, the fifth song on the album. And you're like, this sounds like the first song, you know? Right. We did that, yeah. And um, so as we were writing, we would say we would write like a pretty like a pretty melodic song. We're like, man, that was sweet. And it, it just worked out this way when we're like, well, we just did that. Like, let's try like writing something else. Like, don't you know? Like, Phil, don't you have that riff that's a little bit darker and, and not as melodic? And we'd all we'd all have riffs like that, and we'd work on that. And then when we got done with that, we kind of be over that, that style of, of music for, for a while. And we're like, well, let's try writing something else. And we really just tried to, like, push and expand what, what we could do. And, but in the same, at the same time, not, like, 
losing our identity. And that's, that's why I think all the songs are pretty intense and energetic. Um, you know, that's like the, the thread that's running through all the songs. And I think that's because that's the type of band we are, that's the type of band we always have been. All right. Um, so you recently shot a video out in L.A., and that was for Nothing's Left, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, give us a little scoop on that. Oh, we uh, we shot that video with Brian Thompson, and he did an awesome job on it. It was it was kind of a a, a stressful situation, as as everything is with with our band, because <laughs> it, it was like three weeks before we needed to shoot the video, and we had no idea who we were working with or what the concept was going to be. And um, I had kind of had I kind of had an idea for a concept when we were in Europe because I would just listen to the song over and over and just kind of like play a short little movie along to it in my head and I explained it to the guys and they were kind of into it so we were going through treatments and we didn't really find anything we liked Tim suggested that I just write it out so I wrote a treatment and Brian Thompson got a hold of it and was stoked on it and um, like Tim started to uh, kind of alter the concept a little bit to try and make it tie in with the lyrics and through um, you know a bunch of compromising on, on individual ends, we all came to a, a point where we, we were incredibly stoked on it. And I think it's it's the most, um, like, ambitious video we've done as far as, like, the way it looks, because it's it's pretty, um, I, when I saw it, I was like, wow, that looks pretty pro, because there's, like, a lot of CGI and stuff in it, you know? I have seen yep. it, actually, and it's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's it's very, very well done. I, I can't wait for everybody else to see it. Oh, cool. Yeah, so everybody keep an eye on uh, Asley Dying's and Metal Blade's uh, MySpace pages and websites for it. And, of course, Headbangers Ball and all that as well. But that won't be for another couple of weeks, but everyone else will just have to wait. <laughs> so, okay, um, we're going to wrap this up. You guys are on Warp Tour for most of August, so everybody make sure to go catch them then. Uh, take us out of here in style. Uh, tell everybody out there some final words. Um. Thank you, everyone who listened to this, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at Warp Tour. You should definitely come, because we're going to be kicking out a new jam, and it's going to be brutal and awesome. So we'll see you there, hopefully. All right. And we're going to leave you with a track from the brand new record, An Ocean Between Us. Make sure to pick it up on August 21st. This is Within Destruction. Thank you so much, Nick, and we will see you soon.